I can't believe I've never done this topic. Over 700 plus episodes of The Shaleen Show, we've talked about confidence a million times, but never have I addressed the things that we need to stop doing because they kill our confidence. So that's what we're talking about today on The Shaleen Show. If you're a new listener to The Shaleen Show, one of the things I talk about regularly is my mental health, my ADHD, my father-in-law's Alzheimer's brain health in general is really, really important to me. And it was something I didn't really understand, even though I was a health and fitness expert. I guess I still consider myself a health expert to some extent, but it's broader now. Like now I think more about our mental health, our brain health, our physical health, emotional health, all of these things. And when I really wanted to dig into, when I had my own health scare and needed to understand that health was more than just, you know, your body fat and your weight, that is when I really started to understand my own brain. In fact, it wasn't until I was age 45 that I was diagnosed with ADHD and I'd struggled with it all my life. I have to tell you, getting that diagnosis was a life-changing experience. And whether you think you might have ADHD or something else, like you're wondering if maybe you're on the spectrum or if what you're experiencing is truly anxiety or depression or if there's something else going on, knowing and having a diagnosis for your brain is life-changing. And the place to make that happen, in my opinion, the best place to make that happen is the Amen Clinics. The Amen Clinics are focused on getting to the root cause of your mental issue. I mean, you can go to plenty of doctors who are just going to, you know, write you a script for another drug or prescription, which can destroy your gut health and can make matters worse. Most doctors don't actually look at the brain. They ask you a bunch of questions. At the Amen Clinics, they actually will look at your brain. That's where I had my brain scanned. It's where my father-in-law had his brain scanned, where we got his initial diagnosis for Alzheimer's. My husband has had his brain scanned there, and so has my son. Neither of them, surprisingly, had significant brain damage from playing football. In fact, I had more brain concussions than the two of them. And all of these things you wonder about and you just don't know until you get your brain scanned. Anyways, I'm really proud to announce that the Amen Clinics are sponsors of The Shalene Show. And I encourage you to check them out. Now, if you do decide to get an evaluation, you're going to get 10% off when you use code SHALEEN10. Okay, the link to that in order for you to get that special discount will be found in our show notes. But again, you can go to amenclinics.com forward slash SHALEEN. And that's where you can learn more about getting a brain scan. You can learn more about your mental health. They've got incredible free resources on their website as well. But if you're really trying to get some answers, and maybe it's not for you, maybe it's for your kid or for somebody else, I'm telling you, it is so profoundly important that the place that you go to has done as many brain scans and no one has done as many brain scans as the Amen Clinics. And they have clinics all over the United States. I think they have 10 now, if I'm not mistaken. But you can find out for yourself by going to amenclinics.com forward slash Shaleen. And again, if you do decide to get an evaluation, be sure to use the promo code Shaleen10. I've done quite a few episodes in the past where I've talked about confidence and you know, how to improve your confidence. But I don't think I've ever done an episode where we actually talked about the things you might be doing that are actually destroying your confidence. So let's do that, shall we? What not to do, because it actually 
takes a toll on your confidence. You might not even realize this is happening. One thing is apologizing excessively. Now, I do think it's important to have the courage and the strength to be able to apologize. Some people can't apologize, and I think that's a problem. I'm talking about the people who apologize for everything. They apologize for the way they look. They apologize for the fact that their house is messy. They apologize for the fact their child is crying. They apologize for just being human. And when someone's constantly apologizing, what they're telling themselves subconsciously is that they are a burden, that they have done something wrong, that they aren't enough. And that takes a toll. Number two is not caring about your appearance. Now, I think it's totally different if you wake up and you feel beautiful and you feel like a million bucks. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you you look in the mirror and you're, you're actually avoiding looking in the mirror because you don't like the way you look, because you haven't styled your hair, because you haven't put on a little lip gloss or put on a cute blouse or just tried to pull together an outfit, not for anyone else, but for you. I mean, I say this all the time, but it really does something for us. It does something for our energy and for the way that we feel about ourselves when we take care of ourselves. It doesn't mean you're vain. It doesn't mean that you aren't enough. It means it's just like when you have a nice car, you want to keep it clean. You want to keep papers from being strewn about in the back seat and you know people spilling things. You want to keep it nice because you care about it, because it's valuable. It's meaningful. And this aim is true for you. There's no denying the fact that we judge other people based on how they're put together, right? I mean, just by simply glancing at somebody, we, we make all kinds of judgment calls, right? We notice that people are wearing clothes that are old and outdated. And we notice that people look disheveled and tired. And guess what? We do that same thing to ourselves. I think this is one of the most unrecognized ways that we destroy our own confidence. So spend a few minutes. I'm not saying an hour. I'm saying literally spend a few minutes and put together an outfit that makes you feel cute. If putting on makeup makes you feel better, do that. If not, then don't. You know, obviously I love playing in makeup. I I like to put together an outfit. Even if I'm by myself and I'm not going to see anyone I put on an outfit, even if it's putting on like a cute pair of joggers and like a nice top or a cute off the shoulder sweatshirt. Like I want to look cute and not just for my husband. For me, like I feel better about myself when I put myself together. So spend a few minutes doing that. Next is obsessing about something that's wrong. And you can do this mentally and you can also do this verbally. And both are really, really bad for your confidence. You know, I have to take a cue from my mom. Marge never, never, ever spoke negatively about her appearance, her weight, her hair, her height, nothing. And my mom is like 4'11 and she's adorable. And yeah, there were times growing up when I remember her being a little bit heavier or you know, maybe losing weight, but she never freaking talked about those things. She never put herself down, ever. I mean, and I really do believe that is one of the reasons why I have my confidence, because you take your cues from your parents, and you take your cues from yourself. And I'm the same way, man. If I have a few pounds to lose, you won't hear me talk about it. If I am not happy with a body part, 
I might think about it a little bit, but like, I'm not going to talk about it because I think that gives it more power, more energy, and that diminishes your confidence. And bonus points here, or side note, I guess I should say, that when you speak negatively or obsess about any part of your body, your appearance, et cetera, and you have kids, you're actually diminishing your children's confidence. It's just, it's not fun to listen to and your subconscious is doing something with it. And what it's doing is destroying your your confidence. Number four is putting yourself in situations where you know you're going to feel bad. And by this, I mean, it might be like certain friend circles when you hang out with this particular group, you just feel bad about yourself. Like maybe you have a friend group, I should say a group of acquaintances where you get invited to do things with them. But like this particular group of ladies, they're not very friendly and they make you feel like an outsider and they don't ask you any questions and they make you feel like you're not enough. Well, then don't go. Decline the offer. Don't hang out with them. Maybe it's one friend in particular who makes you feel this way. Don't spend time with them. Because there are people in your life, there are people you know who make you feel great. And when we're around those other kinds of people, you find the overdo it. It's like you're trying to prove yourself to them. And then you leave thinking, oh man, I acted like an idiot or I said things I wouldn't normally say. Or I just, you're never yourself when you're around people like that. And that diminishes your confidence. Whenever you feel inauthentic, it doesn't do any good for your confidence. And that's my number five tip is doing anything that's inauthentic, living a life that feels like it's phony or fake, or it's not the life that you were meant to live. Just doing anything where you're not actually feel like yourself, you don't feel like you're honoring who you are and what's important to you and what you were meant to be doing. Whenever you do that, that diminishes your confidence. And that could be staying in a marriage that you know you're being mistreated and abused or that your children deserve better, that it's not healthy for you or healthy for anyone else, and you become someone that you don't even recognize anymore, that kills your confidence. When we pretend to be something we're not, a part of who we really are feels like it's dying. That inauthenticity, like when we're not honoring who we are and who we were meant to be, and we're suppressing that or putting on an air, pretending to be someone else, you're sending a message subconsciously or to your subconscious that who you really are isn't enough. And that's why you have to pretend. And that's why you have to go along. And that's why you have to behave in a way that just it isn't you. Number six is allowing other people, maybe more decisive people, to make the decisions. You've got to make the call. And you know what? You might make the wrong call. You might make a bad decision. You might make a decision that other people judge. Things might not turn out the way you would like them to. But if you are allowing everyone else to make your decisions, again, you're sending a subconscious message to yourself that says, you're going to get it wrong. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You'll mess this up. And that really diminishes confidence. You know, and again, I just want to throw this in there as a parenting comment. You also have to let your kids make decisions. If you're making all the decisions and you're deciding what they wear and you're telling them where they're going to go to school and what sports they're going to play and you're telling them what their beliefs should be, 
and you're doing everything for them and you're making all those decisions, now think about it for a second. Because a lot of people have a hard time recognizing when they're doing this for their kids. But it is one of the most damaging things you can do for a child's confidence because then that person grows up to be an adult who's afraid to express their own desires, who's afraid to make decisions. And then you end up living a life where other people are dictating what you do, what you think, and you might believe, well, I'm just really accommodating. It's no big deal to me, but it is. And eventually you build up resentment and low self-esteem. Number seven is repeating in your head the beliefs you formed from your early childhood, negative beliefs, such as, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm not good enough. I'm dumb. I'm a loser. I'm lazy. I'm a jerk. I'm selfish. I'm boring. I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. Many people say these things to themselves and they're saying them to themselves and they don't realize that they are strengthening the negative self-beliefs that are actually holding their life hostage. Having those thoughts is one thing. Giving power to those thoughts by repeating them and thinking about them is an absolute guaranteed surefire way to diminish your self-confidence. And number eight is minimizing or downplaying the things that you know are positives about you. Maybe they're character traits or achievements. And for many people, this is just like a habitual way of thinking. And it's often something that you'll do subconsciously because it protects you. In other words, if you are to think something positive about yourself, and you might think that you're doing this to be humble, right? Like many people will deflect a compliment. Oh, you look beautiful today. Oh, thank you so much. I, I didn't get much sleep last night. I can't even believe you said that. I look like a mess. You know, we, we diminish compliments because we think that it's being humble. But really what's happening when we're doing that is we don't want people to see our other flaws. So we're quick to point them out anyways. So if someone gives us a compliment, we're like, oh, geez, they're going to notice or they must know that I'm not good enough or that I don't deserve that compliment or or they're going to see some of my flaws. So rather than them see them and realize that I didn't deserve this compliment, I'm just going to point them out for them. But the problem is when we diminish our own accomplishments or achievements or positive attributes or things that are, you know, we should really be complimenting ourselves for, when we do this, it becomes very habitual. It becomes a pattern. And it's a pattern that kills your confidence. Number nine is comparison. And I know this is a really hard one. It's really, really hard, even the most confident person, not to compare yourself to others. I mean, we all do this. I know I do it, and I consider myself a confident person. We all have a tendency to look at ourselves and then look at someone else and do a comparison, whether it's a friend or a stranger or someone we're seeing in social media or a woman walking past you or another man at the gym, like whatever it is, we all do this comparison. We just can't help but do it. You look at other people and we look at them visually and and we size them up and it's just a very natural thing to do is to then compare ourselves to them and this obviously diminishes our confidence. But there's a way to avoid doing it too. So for example, one of the best things you can do is clean up your social media. If you're following people who make you feel less than, then you shouldn't follow them. And I mean that. 
and start following the kind of people that make you feel good about yourself. I do a post on Instagram at least every Friday. I'll try to do them more often than that. Lately, I have been. And I call it my queenager, queenager of the day. And this is someone who is of an age over than 50 and who's killing it, either maybe business-wise or they're just like living their best life. And I do that for my audience, sure, but I do that for me too. Because if I'm always looking at younger women who are, you know, whatever, thinner, taller, richer, younger, all those things, those are things I can never be. I can never be younger again. I'll never be taller. You know what I mean? Like, so the things that I'll never be, if I'm always looking at those things, then that's what I'm going to compare myself to. And that's not good for my mental health. That's not good for my confidence. So instead, I've started following all of these queenagers. And I got to tell you, it makes me feel really good about myself because these women are examples of confidence where they don't care what anyone else thinks about them. And they're all different ages and ethnicities and body types. And what they all have in common is confidence. And so the only thing that I'm comparing myself to is their confidence level. And I keep thinking to myself, I can do that. I can't be younger. I can't be taller, but I can be more confident and more self-assured. The number 10 thing that you must stop doing if you want to improve your confidence is using negative or non-affirming language. Language that introduces self-doubt, that projects self-doubt. Language like, I wish I could do that. I guess I'll try. I hope this doesn't happen, or this always happens to me. No one ever calls me. I never meet the right people. I don't have any friends. Well, what's not going to happen is a positive, self-fulfilling prophecy. What you want to do is speak the language of abundance. I've got lots of friends. I've got amazing people in my life. I love my family. And when you say I love my family, that doesn't necessarily mean your blood family. That might be your chosen family. I got this. Like it's using affirming language and catching yourself when you start using negative language. Like things aren't going so well. No, things are going better than could be expected. And to change this, you've got to have a healthy dose of self-awareness. Like you really need to start paying attention to your own language. And one way to get in the habit of this is listen to other people. Listen to the way positive people speak. And I know you've got negative people in your life. We all do. Notice how their language is so different from those people who are very positive and yes, very confident. And the number 11 most deadly thing you can do for your confidence is to stay stuck in the past, to carry around the negative beliefs from early childhood traumas to carry around the pain of the past and to pretend like it doesn't matter, to try to not think about it, but it's still there with you. If you're constantly trying to push away negative thoughts, if you're constantly trying not to think about things from your past, then what you're doing is carrying around your past. Whether you realize it or not, you trying to avoid it is actually keeping you stuck. And that is going to slowly destroy your self-confidence. And I've seen this happen in marriages. I've seen it where it changes people's personalities, where they get so overwhelmed with the constant ping pong of these uncomfortable thoughts that they become distracted 
they become short-tempered, or in some cases, they turn to an addiction, whether that's shopping or drinking or smoking, porn, gambling. Almost all addictions are the result of an unprocessed childhood trauma or past trauma. You can get unstuck from your past by dealing with your past, by getting past your past. And as I always say, best way to do that is with a therapist. It's the quickest way, specifically EMDR therapy. I love it when I meet you guys and you say, oh my gosh, Shalene, life changer. Oh my goodness. You've been talking about EMDR. I finally went and my only regret is that I didn't do it sooner. There are EMDR therapists who can work with you virtually. Even if you can't find someone in your city, there are people who can help you. You can find them online. You know, we use show sponsors all the time. Actually, I don't know if Talkspace has EMDR therapists. That would be interesting. I'm going to look into that next time because that's one of our favorite show sponsors. I'll look into that. But in the meantime, you should look into it. You can go to emdr.org. That's a free website where you can find an EMDR specialist in your area. Of course, I'm very partial to EMDR therapy, but really with all therapy, your therapy is only as good as your therapist and your therapist is a human. So, you know, ask around, ask the right questions, look on Yelp reviews. Not that we trust all Yelp reviews, but it's a place to start. Go to Google, ask for a referral, ask for a referral from your friends, family members, your physician, Talk to more than one therapist before deciding on one, and you'll know immediately if it's the right person because you'll feel incredibly comfortable. And that is one of the best gifts you could ever give to yourself because by getting past your past, you're going to become a much more confident person. Listen, you're worth the effort. Confidence is one of the most attractive qualities a person could have. I mean, think about it. If you think about the people you know who are the most comfortable to be around, the most enjoyable, the most attractive overall. And I don't just mean like physically, like they're just, there's something about them that has a magnetism that makes you feel safe around them. What that is, is confidence. A confidence person isn't a loud, outgoing person necessarily. I mean, sometimes they are, but more often than not, they don't have to be those things because they don't need to be. They're comfortable in their own skin. They know who they are. They don't have to prove anything to anyone. And that's a pretty amazing feeling. And you deserve that. You can have that. Confidence is, it's a skill, which means anyone can work on improving it, including you. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.